This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, this is Mankini from Three Sides of the Groin. That's the left nut, right nut, and me, the taint. You know, my eraser's well-worn, because I make a lot of mistakes. But not as many mistakes as those clowns at Cobras and Fire. Their mission statement, Rock's not dead, wrong. Manson declared it dead as far back as 1998. Manson wants your children. No, not that one. We mean the shock rock star, Marilyn Manson. You know, the Bible says that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. I mean, Marilyn Manson will confess right. that Jesus is Lord. The devil will confess. Well, you know, I've got an idea. Why don't we let... John, why don't you pray for Marilyn Manson? Lord... I just lift up Marilyn Manson to you right now. With the new CD, Mechanical Animals, welcome to the new look and new sound of the always controversial Marilyn Manson. I think spirituality exists mostly in art and in music, and the last place you're going to find it is in religion. I think churches has very little to do with spirituality. I think uh, it's something you have to find in yourself. It's about... Uh, expressing your, your deepest fears and your emotions and, and putting it in something. He named himself for a tragic screen legend and an infamous spree killer. Manson attempts to push buttons, so he'll do whatever he has to do to provoke. And I guess in 79, they outlawed lunchboxes because they said that they were a weapon. The only one that I actually saved as a kid was uh, this Kiss one. And uh, I wasn't allowed to take it to school at Christian school because they said that, you know, knights in Satan's service. He's Satan. He worships Satan. You know, how, can you, how can you go to one of his concerts? Some communities banned Manson, mortified by what they viewed as his blasphemy and obscenity. Marilyn Manson's message is loaded with lyrics that promote hate, bitterness, rage. He is a Pied Piper driving a wedge between parents and teens. Usually people hate what they're afraid of. It's in the classic story. Um, I think that even kind of goes back to uh, Jesus, you know. They were afraid and didn't understand him, so they killed him. If I found Jesus, which I didn't know he was lost in the first place, if I did, um, I, I don't think he would probably be that much different than me, you know. He's a long-haired guy that likes to, you know, dress sexy. You know, Jesus and I have a lot in common. For one, Jesus loved potato chips. He's also a music fan. There's countless paintings of him wearing a Kiss and Ted Nugent t-shirt tucked into his loincloth. 
Jesus Christ, his potato chips are good. I gotta get another bag. Manson's one of those people who's really essential for society. It's really important to have somebody who shakes up conservative organizations and is a hero of the 12-year-old. The way the world reacted to Antichrist Superstar was just as much a part of my creation as the music itself. Like Antichrist Superstar, Mechanical Animals has a parental warning sticker and won't be sold by the Walmart and Kmart retail chains. The Target chain does carry stickered CDs, but has banned Manson's because of so-called nudity on the cover. Marilyn Manson's new album, Mechanical Animals, is supposed to be really scary and shocking. Ooh, right from the cover, where he looks like this androgynous alien. And right down to song titles like, I don't like the drugs, but the drugs like me. In fact, there is something really deeply shocking about the album. It's actually pretty good. Welcome to Cobras of Fire. I'm Gene, and I'm joined by the mechanical loose cannon and the dopey Baco. What, what, what the hell's going on here, man? What, I don't you, understand, Gene. You've been here for a couple hours, and you think you're part of the, the crew insulting us on our own show? And and now you're like you're, you're leading the intro here? I mean, what are you, some type of bully? I, I'm, I'm not like, uh, welcome to the Disciples of the Watch. I'm the lead singer of Mortificator. Yeah, and go fuck yourself. I don't. I don't think that's how. I don't think that's that's how we would appear on on your show. But maybe that's just you. Maybe that's just the Minnesota way. Where the hell are you in Minnesota? What's the town? Shakopee. Shakopee. Okay, that's what I thought. Exactly. That's the attitude there. I understand, but it's a tough uh, guy town. yeah, it's a tough guy town. <laughs> it's a tough guy town. Shakopee. <laughs> It's all about fucking horse racing and uh, fair rides. Anything else you want to say, Gene, now that you introduced us and insulted us? Please continue. Uh, it smells weird in here. Yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah. See, it's not the it's it's a, it's difficult to be the host, right? You get you 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 get all the pressure, you get everything going on, you have to be the organizer, the brains of the operation. Actually that, that last part would be pretty easy for you. You know nothing about podcasting. You don't, man. Except the for fuck? the Hundred to two hundred shows you've done podcasting. Yeah, except for that, you know nothing. 
Well, let's okay. uh, lay, uh, we're at the last episode of the Three Hits from Hell. Why don't we take a second to actually uh, acknowledge the contributions Gene uh, Vogel has made? I really just want to throw your compliment, and that is that uh, I really enjoyed the whole Ripe Rock episode, too, that we did yeah, was uh, a, good a couple time. months that was back. That a good show. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of banter going back, uh, a lot of songs that I'd never heard before, and an overkill song that I actually enjoyed. So thank you very much. Nice. Well, thank you. I for enjoyed that me. episode very much myself. Yeah, yeah. So uh, again, spread the love, people. Listen to other podcasts. Again, we'll say it one more time. Disciples of the Watch. Check it out. Are you going to? push this forward or we're going to keep going of course we are this is your pick loose we are at the end of three hits of hell what is the third hit from hell that you chose yes so i chose this one i i bounced around to a lot of different things uh things actually seem (laughs) yeah things actually seem very threatening like nine inch nails the fragile just to to torment you people from uh (laughs) Like a, a two-hour album or two-and-a-half-hour album. But no, what I decided on was I was like, what album has a lot of background and history and things like that and is one that I really enjoy? And that is Marilyn Manson's Mechanical Animals that came out in 1998. September 15th, 1998, in fact. Oh, uh, so, uh, Gene's birthday. That's right, Gene's birthday. Yeah. So before we get into the album, uh, I think it's an, I think we'd like to do like a roundtable of how we got into Manson. Um, may I start with me, Bucko? Is it okay? I always like to ask for permission. Sure. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate that. So I became aware of Manson with probably like most people, and that is the cover of "Sweet Dreams" or "Made of These" um, back in I think 1995, and and. Uh, didn't really hit me that much, and then then uh, beautiful people came out. I like that song, okay, but it wasn't until Mechanical Animals that I that I actually actually that was actually the first Manson album that I purchased. But I remember up to this point though, and we'll go into this uh, back and forth here, that there was a, a four year period, four or five year period that he had almost. I don't think coincidentally, like Alice Cooper had, where he actually had Mystique. And he actually seemed dangerous, and he didn't know, is it an act, or is he actually this crazy, and things of that nature, where I will say right now that Manson officially is the last person that pulled off the shock rock thing effectively, until maybe Ghost, maybe a smidgen of time for Ghost, but not even completely, but before the internet really hit, before you even knew it was real, and we'll go into all that kind of thing, but that was what really intrigued me about him. Uh, because you didn't know if he was real or fake. He wasn't like Alice Cooper where he went and played golf after going on stage. I'll throw it to you, Gene. Boy, my experience with Manson has been extremely limited. Uh, Beautiful People, of course, off of uh, Antichrist Superstar was, I think, my first uh, interaction. I know know there was an album before that, but I don't know if I really heard anything off of that one. You didn't hear the uh, Sweet Dreams cover? I did eventually. Yes. But prior, I'm saying. I don't know if it was prior, actually. Okay. Um, but it was a really sketchy timeline as far as uh, what was going on with me personally, with me musically, and with what, what you know Marilyn Manson was doing, of course. Um, but after, of course, Antichrist Superstar, he was very much uh, out there in, in the public eye. I mean, that album right. just really blew him up for everybody. 
And I, I, for me, I kind of just stayed away from it. I, I don't know if it was because I thought this wasn't for me or if it was just this weird dude just trying to be weird for the sake of being weird. It, you know, like yep. Doc, or Luce, you were saying, it was it real or was it fake? And I just wasn't really interested in investing any time into it, so I just kind of let it slide. And, you know, some of his fans may have been part of the reason for that, too. So, you know, some people may have turned me off to it just with their their craziness. And everybody decided they needed to put these things in their eyes and these... Uh, I never saw the context, but I know what you're speaking of. So, okay. Baco? Uh, you know, the weird thing is that, like, I knew the name Marilyn Manson before I heard Sweet Dreams. And oddly enough, when I heard that, I'm like, I, th- I wonder if this is Marilyn Manson. And it turned out it was. I don't know why. It just seemed like that's, it, that song sounded like uh, what Marilyn Manson should sound like. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, beautiful, beautiful people was probably the first song that I actually enjoyed. But I knew hearing it that like I don't, I don't want that record. I just like that song. I don't, I don't need to hear that. It's odd because you said it, Lewis. Same for me. Mechanical Animals was the first record by Marilyn Manson I bought, um, and I bought uh, Antichrist Superstar. You know, like retro after that. Uh, and you know, rightfully so, because Mechanical Animals is a much better record. But I, I, w- I will echo exactly what you were saying. Um, this was the last protested rock star, legitimately protested. Like it actually struck fear in people. It actually kind of had that resonation that, like, uh, the Beatles, Elvis. Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, Led Zeppelin, um, Kiss, uh, Alice Cooper, that that during those times did. Motley Crue is probably the last one before uh, Marilyn Manson. That yeah, that and- like where it was like this like cultural thing. It wasn't just like this one band. It was nope. like this is poisoning our children and and parents and religious groups would come out and they, they'd fight against them even performing. So, right. And, and, and also it was, it was interesting how far, how, I guess how high and how quickly his antichrist, uh, star status fell because by early, like 2001, I remember, uh, <laughs> you guys are all familiar about the onion, about the onion, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember there's some article that is still in my uh, favorite is it says uh, Marilyn Manson now going door to door trying to shock people like uh, <laughs> like basically like a like a you know like a, a salesman and stuff like that. Well, that's he had become a joke by by the early 2000s. Um, I think both. jokes a little too strong. Uh, I don't think so because the music. Yeah. All right. Fine. His shock reign, let's just say. Uh, was over. Oh, like you clearly. finally. You, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. You finally saw through the the saw the reality. Of it. I don't know but, if it saw through. It just went away. I, okay. I don't know that there was anything to see through. You know what I mean? I think I think see through is a too strong a term. It's like you're implying that people who actually gave a shit and went out and protested this crap went and go suddenly decided, oh, it's not. It's not as bad as I thought. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Those people aren't that smart.
So let me break it down this way before we go into the record. Sure. This is a this is a statistic that I was not aware of until I started doing my homework for this episode, and that is that he had 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 such an impact, I guess, culturally and, and publicity wise, that from Antichrist to Mechanical Animals, this album actually debuted number one on the Hot 100. I'm not talking about just album on rock charts. I'm talking about it debuted mm-hmm. number one, which blows me away that that is how uh, impactful he was. No, to I, get to I, that I clearly remember that. Yeah. Do you, do you remember that at all, Gene? Oh, Would yeah. you have thought mm-hmm. that was a real fact? Okay. This, I mean, is, I, I, this is Manson at his height. This was big time, man. Yeah. So, so this is the thing too, about too, that I found it very interesting about this album is, you know, he, he went from, I mean, he had the whole, you know, Devil, all that stuff, Antichrist, Superstar on the first album. He could have easily just sailed on that. But what he decided, which I thought was very interesting, was the fact that he realized that in America, you know what's scary? Yeah, Satan's scary. You know what's scarier? Drugs. Mm. And that was his whole thing. Is he like drugs and sexuality? Um, and he went from the complete like evil to an androgynous alien type weird like sh- i remember like that's so odd looking what is he doing and then he like on his tour the last tour on earth on the background like a kiss logo he just had the word drugs and it was uh, uh then he had the whole i'm not sure if you're aware of this but do you know who the author of his autobiography is no neil, neil strauss who's the same author of the dirt who's the same author of, of many rock biographies, but that then he had this whole persona of... What's they call some about the road to hell or... Yep, uh, Long Road Out of Hell. And uh, and that was all like... Uh, it turns out to be most of it was bullshit, is revealed later, but it completely um, added to his, his whole mystique. Yeah. So he had all these things going on all the time. And then right after Mechanical Animals came out 
is when where I work now in Littleton, Colorado, is where Columbine happened. And, and I'll just end up with this before we go to the album. We're talking about somebody that then parlayed that evilness into actually being featured on the next kind of uh, controversial person in the United States being uh, – or the world being Eminem. He was on The Way I Am on that album after it. So I'm just saying he he kept adding and adding to this, which finally went away. But uh, he was the target, the personified evil of rock. You know, the one thing that comes to mind for me with Marilyn Manson was um, I remember – I was at my grandmother's house and she was watching one of those shows that grandmothers watch, Donahue or whatever it was. And Golden Girls. There was a uh, father from South Dakota. Mama's family? No, no, no. It was a talk show. Oh, sorry. And there was a father Maury. from uh, South Dakota, if I remember correctly. And he his son had killed himself. And he was railing against Marilyn Manson. He said, you know, my son came to me. One day, and he had this album in his hand. He's like, Dad, I really want you to listen to this album. And he's like, and I didn't listen to it, and I wasn't worried, didn't want to get involved in that music and stuff, and now my son is dead. And I just remember thinking, motherfucker, the reason your son is dead is because you never listened to your fucking kid. It wasn't because he was listening to Marilyn Manson, because he came to you with something that was important to him, and he's like, I want to share this with you, Dad, and you didn't have a fucking minute to spare for him. So that's why your son is dead. It's not because of Marilyn Manson, because you didn't give him the time and maybe there's other factors with maybe there was a, a chemical imbalance or something mm-hmm. like that but step one is get involved with your fucking kid don't blame Marilyn Manson blame yourself start there because if you had been there for your kid maybe you would have seen the warning signs and I, and I wasn't a Marilyn Manson fan when this all went down this is because this is pre-mechanical animals okay and I, but I just remember being pissed off, and my grandma just looking at me like, "See what heavy metal does?" And I'm just like, <laughs> "Do you see what being a, a, a parent who isn't involved in this kid's life does?"
there is something to the idea. You know, and I'll make a weird comparison for you. Blink-182 just had this way of writing songs that, like, resonated with these latchkey kids. Marilyn Manson connected with a lot of people, but a big core of that audience was depressed teenagers. You know, like uh, people that didn't feel like anybody cared or listened to them. People who got picked on or bullied at school. And, of course, the whole Columbine thing ties into that, and that's why he got dragged into that garbage. But you're right. It's just, it really isn't about the music. It's like what's happening before they decide this music speaks to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, basically, like, the uh, Marilyn Manson was designed specifically for those that have a chemical imbalance. Uh, I can smell my own. <laughs> wow. No, but in, but, in all, but in all seriousness, like, I, I see what Gene's saying. He got serious and stuff like that, but it, it did like uh go into that this album specifically i think kind of went away from that a little bit where it was sure, kind yeah, of I agree, um, yeah. going going uh big time into kind of just the culture in general and not being the evil guy but kind of uh almost being social commentary um in, in a way with what was going on i but, think uh, this was kind of a brave mood uh brave move uh considering what he was coming from yep musically it's like this is actually a much bigger shift in style than I think I realized at the time. But that, looking back, it, it makes sense because this is the first record I bought. And oddly, this is the probably the best-selling and least popular with his hardcore fans because he immediately flipped back to the evil guy with the next uh, couple albums. Okay. So, so in summary, like we were saying before, because Gene likes both time and he also likes dates. So this one is really special to him because... This came out on September 18th, 1998, which is Gene's birthday. Happy birthday, Gene. <laughs> I got my fingers up my spleen. Go ahead. Next. No, keep going. I want to hear the next verse. No, I, that's all I got. Well, I think it's time to get into the record that you chose, which is Marilyn Manson Mechanical Animals, which is uh, almost portrayed as two different records with seven songs each. Lewis, you want to kick this off? Yeah, I mean, the album kicks off with a great big white world, and um, this is not my favorite track on the album. It's a great opener. I will say this much for critical for critical thought on this. Um, the majority of this album, each song, I think, suffers from Alice in Chains syndrome, which is they extend the songs about a minute and a half too long. This song is a great track, but, it, but if it was at 3 minutes and 34 seconds, you like that time? Um, it would be much better than the four minutes and 57 oh, seconds. Of course it is. you think that. Uh, but so <clears throat> it doesn't need another verse, chorus, verse, chorus at the end. I you hit it. that 345 mark, loose cannon wants you to fucking call it quits. That's it. That's it. You don't need any more. It, it, it takes away loose from the Loose cannon's in the studio, like waving his arm at three minutes and 30 seconds. Well, Wrap listen, it this- up, fuckers. We got to fade out. <laughs> I don't like fade outs either. It has to end. I hate. Oh my god, we gotta fucking slap it in tight. The uh, this album is sixty two minutes. Eh, could be at forty seven. That's all I gotta tell you. But let's go back to this solid opening track. Your thoughts, Baco? Love it, Gene. <laughs> the sharp and sweet. Uh, so for me, I have to admit that as the album begins, I'm I'm a little bit thrown off by this one. Uh, it's somewhat simple yet not unappealing. There's almost a little bit of a Depeche Mode vibe going on. 
Mm. Um, there's some good mo- mm. movements within the song. Keeps things interesting for the most part. Solo break worked, works well with the track. Uh, could be a little bit shorter for a pop metal song. I'm right there with you, Loose. I give this one a seven. So we'll go to the next track, which uh, was uh, how you described me. Is that correct, uh, Gene? Uh, dopey? <laughs> no, that was the. Uh, that was, the uh, yeah. uh, it's that a coin was flip. me. It was a coin flip. You're both yeah. dopey. Uh, th- this song is I'm about the, the idiot sh- stepbrother. <laughs> uh, yeah, this song is about the show that uh, one of the doors from Snow White would put on. <laughs> But uh, but no, this song is. Uh, I mean, you talk about an opposite, like complete departure from Antichrist. This is a just a straight up, pretty much a pop song and stuff like that. But it's it kind of is like the the Truman Show or whatever. Like there's the, just the TV idiot box dope show, that kind of thing. Um, I, I've always liked this one. I like actually the pre-chorus a lot better than the the what the the whole like. We're all do the thing, Paco. We're all stars now in the dope show. Yeah, that part is decent, but I love the chorus when it revs up. Lots and, of pretty, uh, that. pretty ones want to get you high. Yeah, that part uh, sells it for me. But uh, yeah, I think this is the first single, if I remember right. It is. Yeah. So this is a song actually I do remember hearing on the radio or somehow it came into my world, uh, but that was, of course, a long time ago. 
And uh, I wasn't sure if I'd recognize any songs on this album, actually. So it was, it was, really? it was as soon as I pulled up the track listing, I'm like, oh, okay, I remember Dope Show. Uh, it feels like it lacks a little bit in substance other than the lyrical content. I don't mind it, uh, but I think I prefer the previous song over this one. Um, and I do like how it fades into the other track, all of uh, Rick Rubin, though. Uh, six out of ten. <laughs> six out of ten. Yeah, you know, you can actually bust our balls more on this. I was hoping you would do the reverse on Ice to Earth, Have Revenge. Uh, no? Let Gene be Gene. <laughs> all right, fine. Fair enough. Are we going to the next one? No, I haven't fucking talked this? in this at all. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Baco. This is, this is what it's like. Okay. Well, it seemed like you were just passing. I, what do you mean it seemed one. like I was passing? Well, I asked, the order was. This is now the, the second was, time I've asked if I could talk on this song. No, and you're like the, the order was. It seemed like the you order, were passing. Oh, Jesus Christ! The order was supposed to be me, you, then Gene on this one, as I understood. When I threw it to you, you just said give it to Gene. No, so actually, you threw it, it to Gene, and I said I thought he already went. Jesus Christ! Yeah, go uh, listen to the fucking tape. You never kicked it to me. Baco, your thoughts. I love this song. I love the simplicity of it. I think it delivers on a level that Gene isn't really appreciating here. It is, you're right, there's not a lot of depth to it, but the way it just says something, it's almost like, this is like Sammy Hagar, but Sammy is talking about drugs and... That's nothing else. You know what I mean? This is how Sammy would describe drugs and be positive about it. Like, you know, he would be like, we're all stars now. In the dome show, it's just perfect. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, you can really hear that. It, I mean, the dope show is pretty much a rewrite of Mastakila. I was thinking I'll fall in love again, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think you made the same point. So the the next track we got here is the title track, Mechanical Animals. And this may be, it might be uh, tied for my favorite song on the album. And uh, yeah, love this track. When I went back to listen to it, I hadn't heard it in years when I listened to the album full. And the, you know, the lyrics, I was a hand grenade that never stopped exploding. You were, you were automatic and hollow as the Owen God. Maybe that's cheesy. For some reason, it works in the song for me. And uh, yeah, this, this song just works from, from beginning to end. And you know what? It's under four minutes. So it's a winner for me. Yeah. 
I don't think it's cheesy at all. Yeah? You don't think it's it's faux evil? I, I just that's such an no, interesting lyric. No, I think I think he does a great job of like even like because we just talked about like the Dope Show thing, right? Yeah. I I don't I don't think he, I think he does a great job of selling these things in a way that is like believable yet unbelievable. If that makes sense. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I don't think anybody else could pull that line off. Listening back to this song in preparation for doing this tonight, I forgot how much I like this record. This is a fuck. This is the the point where I realized, oh my god, I I, I remember now. I I really think this is a good album. Um, yeah, I'm with you, Luce. This is this might be. I don't know. I I know it's a hit. Dope Show will probably always be my favorite tune on here, and uh, I don't like the drugs, but the drugs like me might be my f- second favorite tune. This has to be pretty much in contention with uh, being the next favorite. So, cool, Gene. Chemical Animals. Uh, right out of the gate, I really like the opening riff. However, that short lift as the song progresses, it becomes somewhat stale in comparison. It's not too shabby as it moves along, but the lyrical portions I find can't live up what the intro set up. Uh, this one falls flat a little bit. Uh, five out of ten. Cool. Um, I, I do want to say too that uh, I didn't talk about this earlier. I think the name for a band and uh, in general a rock name, Marilyn Manson, is genius. Just the fact that it takes—I mean, it's—it's. It's, I know that it's pretty obvious where it's from, but from Marilyn Manson to Charles Manson, combining those two things is almost like the whole androgynous evil thing of mechanical animals. So I've just always think that was a, a great name. Yeah, I—I—I I, I don't know that I. It's not my cup of tea, but I get what you're going with, and I, I, I definitely agree with you. I should say that there is a theme, too, to this, and that is that uh, just like Iced Earth, uh, this is a Florida band. Florida band. <laughs> yeah, hey, Florida band. there you go. So, it again. Uh, and Chuck and Biscuits was... wanted to go to Florida once. <laughs> he went to Disneyland once, so there's a connection there. He actually was in the sun once. Yeah, so you want to move on to the next? Of course, track five. Okay, no, track four. Track four. Tra- track four, we got uh, Rock is Dead. Yes? It's not, but yeah, I love the song. Right. So, Gene this- Simmons has quoted this uh, title quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this much. This is my favorite song on the album. And it's interesting how it was for a single. So, this did not actually hit, uh, I guess, fame until it was featured in the the outro credits or on the soundtrack of The Matrix. I'm not sure if you know that. It came out like a year I after the album. I didn't even know it ever hit fame at all. It did for, yeah, well, it was on the radio plenty, uh, mostly from the Matrix. You never heard it on the radio, Gene? No? I did. I'm right there with you, Luce. I remember this from the soundtrack and hearing it uh, on the radio. Okay, so this is the one that if I were if I was going to boil make, down, make me look like a dick, man. If I was going to take one song and just say this is Marilyn Manson, it's not the Beautiful People, it's this song. Thank you. 
Excellent song. It's the the anti theme for our show. Rock is not dead, but uh, Gene or Baco, Baco, you're next. Well, uh, rock is. I mean, it's delivered in a certain. Uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, what do they call that? Um, uh, oxymoronic sense. Uh, moronic. Ah, moronic. Guys. You know, you know, Baco. It's it's pretty much you know these days. It's simple monkeys with alien babies, amphetamines <laughs> for boys, and crucifixes for the ladies, which is kind of nice. You know, here's a crucifix for the ladies. Great lyrics. Fuck all your protests and put them in bed. What say you? God is on the TV, by the way. If you turn it on, Gene. Well, like I mentioned before, yeah, this one I am familiar with as well. Um, I think maybe this is the last of the uh, of the songs I'm familiar with going into uh, revealing this album with you guys. Uh, this is not a bad track. I, I'm surprised that this one gets as much... I, I, I'm i actually surprised it gets as much attention as it does, which apparently is opposite of what Abaco's been dealing with. Um, this has some uh, elements that vibe with the beautiful people in it that I'm hearing. Uh, then it's one of, one of his most notable tracks, and that might be why. Uh, this one I gave a 7 out of 10. Very nice. Excellent. And what is the what is the length of time on this one? Three zero nine is what I have listed. <laughs> Excellent. So I'll make sure you're on point. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if. Uh, by the way, um, just 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 curious. Are you like Rain Man with uh with uh, the length of 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 songs? Like if I threw a song at you right now. Could you get it within 10 seconds if I threw a song title at you? Just randomly. Can I try? I'm, I'm sure I can come up with a with number within less than 10 seconds, yes. Okay, here we go. Uh, smoke on the Water. Two minutes. Two minutes? There's well, no way. Well, I threw a number out. It was less than 10 seconds, right? No, no. I meant within 10 seconds of the actual track length, Gene. Maybe I should explain the, the rules better. Can we try this again? Sure. <laughs> yes or no? Go for it. Uh, space trucking. Two minutes. 
You were incorrect again. You were terrible. What are you you're talking good about? At... That was under 10 seconds, dude. It doesn't matter. You're fucking this whole thing up. I want to know, what's the length of space trucking by Deep Purple? He tried, and... man. Uh, all right, let's move on. You're terrible at games. <laughs> okay, smart guy, what is it? Well, I didn't look it up yet. Yeah, Six I was waiting for your answer. Three seconds, morons. <laughs> Both of you, get your head out of your asses. Yeah, if I could just kind of open this up, I really don't want to go through this track by track. It's it's. Uh, it's because it's you picked a record you hate, right? Um, yeah, I will tell you this much too. Like I said, like like Manson, um, this is my favorite album by him. I don't love the entire thing. In fact, I want to just go do a rant on Manson in general. This is where I think Manson lost it. The first song that he got famous from, you know, uh, the cover of Sweet Dreams, he did he did what I will call the Manson croon. The whole rain, 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 Idiot stepbrother of the guy from Iced Earth's cousin, <laughs> who ends up being Danzig's, uh, 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 I don't know, uh, nephew. So the, the whole thing about this, though, is that <laughs> that he took himself, like on this album, he actually sang for the most part. But then then he did this thing. He's like, Marilyn Manson has done probably 15 covers, and all of them are useless. You hate covers for the most part, Baco. There is the only difference between the original and Manson's version is the Manson croon. You take, just pick. Oh boy, man! I don't like. Actually, I, I let me just jump in here. Sure. I don't like pretty much any of his covers. Uh, I, right. I, I don't. I think Sweet Dreams is is the the pinnacle. But I don't agree that the only difference is him going. I'm Marilyn Manson. I do. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I just think that's where he lost it. Is he just kind of got lazy and all these, these uh, like the next album he has. Well, three he drinks great... a lot of absinthe. Oh, so that's what it is. That's how you, that's how you uh, 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 vocally warm up. By, by for the a way, track. what are you more likely to have an adult offer you, a whippet or absinthe? I'm gonna go with the absinthe. God, uh, they're both pretty fucking like, like. Man, you want your mind blown? I'm gonna just kind of move forward for the uh, the pleasure of Gene, and that is the speed of pain, post-human, and I want to disappear. All these are pretty solid songs, but I have to agree with with uh, Baco is that the pure that like I'm saying is that's odd about this is he's he's known as the evil incarnate, you know. But then you got a song like I'm saying that drugs were more evil. It's a total pop song. I don't like the drugs, but the drugs like me. At this but, time, uh, for sure, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, I don't love, know if love... this came out right now that it would make that big of an uh, impact. Nope. No, I don't like the vape, but the vape likes <laughs> me. I don't like Tide Pods, but Tide Pods <laughs> loves me. The drugs, but the drugs like me. The drugs, the drugs, the drugs. No life, baby. Well, what? And I'm so at your 
Anyway, uh, what are your thoughts on this, Baco? I think you already said them, but you want to summarize them. I'm kicking them it and... to Gene, man. Yeah, kick it to Gene. We're talking I don't like the drugs, baby. It's And, you know, this is actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I may have heard this one before I went into to doing this. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a funk vibe on this track. So it's, yeah, it's, there it's, is. Yeah. Funky. It, it, you know what? Yeah, actually. This I, whole I, album I mean, is very I, glam. I have, to, I have to jump in here real quick, Gene. I forgot to mention this. This one is basically like David Bowie's fame, but with drugs. This is better. Oh, much better, because I hate that song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That see, song the, blows goats. You know, like it does. The, the, uh, the previous tracks are, aren't so strong, like Disassociative, The Speed of Pain, and uh, Post-Human Disappear. Yeah, so this one, is, it begins to, uh, it's a little bit more of a standout as far as regarding those previous tracks that you kind of, that you mentioned earlier. Um it's for but it's not a super strong for me, uh, but I do like the uh, this the lady singers that come out at the end of the song or towards yeah. the end of the song, right? Uh, that just adds another really cool element to the song. So yeah, it's it, there's a lot going on in this album, and for me, it's not all good. But there's a little bit of uh, you know you got your peaks and valleys, or you got your light and your shade. So that's one thing that's appealing to me with with sometimes with albums is getting some of that yeah. mix. Track length? Oh, on this one, we got uh, five minutes, a little over five minutes. A little too long. Yeah, this is one of the, the, you know, I have this whole checklist of bands. This is one of them that oddly I've never seen. Um, but I know, Baco, you mentioned you have seen them. Gene, have you seen them? Actually, I, I have. I was, I kind of blanked this out until just now. I saw them at Ozfest when they got banned from Wisconsin, oh. and they had to. You move were at it. that one where they moved to, uh, to the Metrodome. Yep, to the Metrodome before they tore that piece. Ninety-eight. Yes, ninety. What was that lineup for that? Was it? It was just. It was just Ozzy Manson and a bunch of other bands. Do you remember who else was there? there? Slayer was there, right? Uh, no, I don't think. No, Slayer no, no. Was um, Pantera. 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 Yep. Cold wow, Chamber. that's a lineup. Boy, there was there was a lot of bands on there, man. Uh, Power Man. I, yeah, I think Power Man was there. Uh, Machine Head, if I'm not huh. mistaken. There was that's one thing. Ozfest was awesome because they had so many bands, and they you know they were bringing new bands in. That's the first time I ever saw Slipknot. That's the first time I ever heard Slipknot. Uh, Slipknot was actually on the no, next. No, I'm tour. sorry, in the next time. But I'm just talking regarding the uh, Ozfest tour. Oh, overall, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those first four or five years were just so awesome as far as introducing me to new music. Um, but I honestly do not remember much about the Marilyn Manson performance on that night. Huh. Um, yeah, I've seen him three times, never once intentionally. Well, by intentionally, I mean like I didn't buy tickets to go see Marilyn Manson. I got so he, three... basically he's he's like cheap trick to you. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, my uh, the first time I saw him was at an arena show on this tour. And that was uh, with, uh, it was supposed to be whole opening, Weird. but they dropped out for something. And it was Nashville Pussy and, and Marilyn Manson. Nice. 
and uh, my boss, for some reason, he had a connection somewhere, and they got free tickets. So he, him, and his buddy went, and he gave me the the other two tickets. So me and a friend went, and my boss, he's like one of those kind of like uh, I don't know, I call them faux Christians, where they they're like Christian just in case, uh, <laughs> you know. It's like, and apparently by the third song they were offended enough by Marilyn Manson they walked up and left out Just to, to kind of back what you're talking about, like the, the guy you work you with. You want to footnote it, right? I, I do. Like like the guy that 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 took off after the third song is there is a like an account that I had. He was actually a, a like a state farm agent. He randomly had a copy of Queen of the Dam, which Marilyn Manson was on there, and he went on a rant about how he offended his sensibilities and that he was like the devil and stuff like that, and that. That it was like he liked these other tracks on the album, but he will not. He will skip over this every time because Marilyn Manson is is pure evil. Uh, anything to add to that, Baco? 
it is weird because it it's if you work with anybody that's like under the age of 30 or or no people it's hard to describe how real that 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 passion was for that kind of stuff Marilyn Manson was the last one that it, as far as I know like you said earlier like he literally was the last artist that actually kind of kicked through and said and scared people religiously like like they freaked them out like like these these people who like kind of casually go to church were worried about their kids listening to him yeah, and, and I do have to say that after, like I told you, I was at the State Farm agent office, but uh, I, I mentioned I like Marilyn Manson. My my rates went up twenty five percent. So, any any uh, any other thoughts on? Uh, Gee, come on, what do you got? Boy, I got nothing. I, but I I do feel you're you're right. I'm I've been racking my brain trying to think if there's anybody that's made such an impact. Right. I mean, I know Slipknot got got a lot yeah. of guff, but I don't think it was to the degree. And you know, I, I I can't even say I don't think it was. I know it wasn't to the degree that Marilyn Manson got. And plenty prior. Right. Yes. Oh yeah. I mean, go goddamn. Look at the '80s, man. The yeah. '80s alone was filled with villains all over the place. Yeah. And now we have. Uh, uh, Ariana Grande licking donuts. <laughs> that is the, uh, I guess, the benefit. That's pretty much the uh, Marilyn Manson of nowadays. Uh, can you do the whole path like you did for Tide Pods from uh, Manson to uh, Ariana Grande? <laughs> you yes. try, okay. You laugh, but I'm not kidding here, okay? It started with Marilyn Manson, then the internet, then MTV stopped showing any type of music at all. <laughs> then it was... Tide Pods, then it was vaping, and then Ariana Grande is licking fucking donuts. Satan! And I have to say, too, that, that going on to the whole whole controversy, that that actually during the Columbine and everything like that, Manson actually stopped his tour for a bit. Like, at, at one point it was too much, and then came back, like, let, let the craziness die down for several months and then resumed the tour, like canceled tour dates. When I don't think, I can't even think of any artist that actually said, fuck it, I'm done. I'm well, canceling well, this. I think we kind of glossed over what Gene actually said earlier. Ozfest was actually relocated from Wisconsin to Minnesota. Like, was that, like it was supposed that, to be at the place that you and I saw um, uh, Northern Invasion. Wow. They shoved it in a fucking football stadium that sucks because Wisconsin had a ban on Marilyn Manson, and that is a true story. And I, I, I that's the only reason I knew, I knew the year. I didn't go to the show. Yeah, man. I mean, the, this album flows overall. Some of the songs are stronger. I don't know if you want to just uh, hammer through these all the well, way to the let me uh, Let me ask closer. you something real quick, Lou. So go what ahead. about the sure. whole concept record? It was like two albums, like... Where half of it was supposed to be Omega and the Mechanical Animals. Do you, do you know anything about that or not? I, I I do. I remember, and I can just say that whatever the concept was, is that side one was the concept where it was better than side two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a great concept. Yeah, I will tell you also that there is some kind of uh, I'll just call it uh, uh, revisionist bullshittery to do to make it more of a mystique. But just so you understand that this was supposed to be the middle, the second act of a trilogy that goes in reverse. Supposedly, he said that Hollywood was the first part of the story 
and then this was the middle, and then actually Antichrist Superstar was a conclusion. I call bullshit on that. Oh, that's, I mean, that's, uh, totally, total revisionist history. Okay, but that's what he said it was. I'm like, yeah, that's what you did. You're fucking Because you never Lucas. heard that until that record. Right. Model 15, user-friendly, fundamentally loathsome, last day on Earth. Any comments on this, Gene? Not so much uh, the previous event, but I, the last day on Earth was a track that I kind of dug. Yep. Um, that that uh, everything that kind of preceded it was there was some kind of some garbage in there. New Model 15, not so much. Right. User-friendly. Oh, God, I could have done without that one. And I don't know if Trent, why Trent Reznor didn't get a writing credit on that track. Because <laughs> that sounds like a Nine Inch Nails song, and I don't, I'm not a fan of Nine Inch Nails, but that it is. A- yeah, we should we should mention that real quick though that Nine Inch Nail, uh, that Trent Reznor was kind of his uh, mentor, whatever his muse or whatever like that yeah. for muse. Antichrist, and then he he completely like jetted past him. It was like, and then they had a huge rift. I think they had a falling out, mostly because he became he became much more popular than 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 he did, I believe. But uh, <laughs> I I agree. The last day on Earth, will do it. Yeah, the last day on Earth is a is a solid track, which leads nicely into Coma White, which is one of my favorite tracks in the album, and I think a nice, uh, uh, just basically conclusion. Last, let let me say track. something real quick, uh, please. Because isn't this, this is the last record with Twiggy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and there it's pretty much. Uh, I don't know what what do you call it like uh, when uh, everybody concedes a, a certain point. Uh, there has never been a great Manson record or song after this album. Nope. Well, there's a few on, and I don't know if he's co-writing on on Hollywood, which was my consideration for this this uh, this whole series. There are three or four what I consider great. Manson songs on the next mm-hmm. album, and that is it. There's not a single song past that. Okay. And I don't know if he had, and, and I'll say that maybe, just kind of like you're talking about Highway to Hell, Back in Black, that sure. maybe some of these things were written a little bit before that album. You okay. know what I'm saying? And Twiggy eventually came back for a little bit, right? Did he? I have no idea. Okay. Well, who cares? I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is just like a, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I picked this album because I like, I dig the album, but overall for his career, eh, not that bad. I'm right. glad you brought it up because it, uh, it, it it's an album that I'd kind of forgotten, but uh, it's actually really good. Um, but much like we talked, it's very front heavy. Yep, exactly. Um, but uh, you want to get out of here so you can guys go to sleep? Jesus Christ, it's like okay. one, one eighteen in the morning. All right, so before we go, um, what's the song you're going to uh, make love to? Gene, you're first. Great Big White World. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, so you're racist. Uh, for me, um, I'm going to go with uh, uh, Nashville Pussy. All right. Well, I'm going to go with The Speed of Pain. <laughs> have, you ever heard the, uh, the, have you ever heard the mix, uh, The Speed of Sweet Pain?
All right, you guys want to get here? Please let me get out of this basement. Oh, of course. Rock's not dead. But it's as hollow as the Owen God.
Welcome to Cobras and Fire. I'm Gene, and I'm joined by the mechanical cannon, loose cannon. Oh, I'm too late. Do it I was slow that's, it down a little close. bit. Like, like, welcome to Cobras and Fire. You know what, Gene? And I would actually pause. slow it down. No, I would slow it down like this. Welcome to Cobras <laughs> and Fire. And then we'll just speed you up. Oh, there you go. Nah. Welcome to Back Cobras and Can you do back masking? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who kill their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.